You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Justin Davis. Scoop. Sam Claiborne. Hey, it's good to be here. And Nick Lamone joins us once again. I'm back, baby. With a very, very cool virtual boy hat for our listeners out there. Yeah. Was that from being an early adopter, Nick? (laughs) No, found it at a thrift store, and I was like, I need to buy that right this instant. So amazing. What a thrift find. Someone did not know what they had. (laughs) Uh, And we have a a great show for you this week. Big, big news to discuss. We'll be kicking off Game of the Year Watch 2023. We'll talk about that lengthy Zelda gameplay demo we got this week. But first, you know what's first. The news Mm -hmm. many of us were anticipating uh, has finally come to light. E3 has been canceled. There will once again be no E3 this year. This news is not surprising, uh, but no less disappointing to people like myself that... Just loved E3 for years and years and years. A jam-packed week full of big game announcements and the theatrical one-upmanship of all the big mm-hmm. publishers trying to outdo one another with their you know, stage performances and announcements. And then getting you know, media outlets providing um, hands-on impressions of all these games. You do not get that in a very carefully scripted you know, Nintendo Direct or Sony State of Play. Mm-hmm. Sam. Not surprising, but what what do you think happened here? Because on paper, Reed Pop coming in to take over E3 makes perfect sense. They've been yeah, and, on, and to explain who that we go ahead and explain who that is. They've been putting on packs for years. They do New York Comic Con. They do Star Wars Celebration. E3 is an established brand with millions of people out there who look forward to it. Why can't Reed Pop come in and put on a successful E3? I mean, I guess what I to put it another way, if Reed Pop can't do it, I don't think E3 is ever coming back. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Although in the end of their press release, they did say that they will continue to work with ESA, who puts on, who's the other kind of half of this party here. Yes, uh, except that, that, I want to point out that also the ESA's internal email makes no mention of. Uh, I know. What is this, yeah. the actual quote? It says uh, it does not mention undertaking the show again in future years. Yeah, but Repop Repop's looking forward to it because I think they signed a, a longer contract than that. So what you were just kind of talking about, the kind of spectacle of E3 inside the show floor is what we're talking about here. Or people the, the press still put too. on. Yeah, that's true. But, but you know, those could happen no matter what. Like that Repop doesn't need to be involved in those. We're talking about booking the Los Angeles Convention Center, a huge floor space, and basically doing a pop-up Disneyland. Huge builds that cost millions or tens of millions of dollars, um, getting all your staff there, having a demo or or 20 ready to put on. 
I mean, this is like, this is the, the, what, you know, an industry term, we call this as a tentpole event in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it is this massive undertaking. And if there's no incentive for the, you know, one company after another to not spend money to be there, then the dominoes just kind of fell that way. And the reason I think that's happening is many fold, but one of them is like, there's, there's, there's becoming a lack of a, a reason for, to, to have an E3. Like what, what we need it, we want it as fans, but you know, Toys R Us doesn't need to purchase cartridges for the fall and play a bunch of games and figure out what's the best, mm-hmm. you know? And people like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, Ubisoft, EA can put on their own shows, have an infrastructure to do that now, do it all the time. Every, every month, there's a couple of huge game live streams. There, there's, just, there's just so few reasons to make this happen, except for it's really fun and cool. Yeah, except the game. there needs to it. be more than that, yeah. you know? It's not, I get, you know, I get it. It's not like a charity service for gamers. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But I it mean, could be a moneymaker for the people putting it on, but now they're stuck with a big empty hall. And I have some ideas for that, by the way. Pinball convention. Ooh. Would be fun. Mm-hmm. Go-karts. Go-karts. <laughs> yeah, real-life Mario Karts. Just one. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Damon, you touched on something pretty important, which, like, you know, E3 had kind of been dead for a while in the sense that, um, well, you know, A, it was, it was online only. But, like, even besides that, the difference between E3 and um, and a Nintendo Direct or a Sony State of Play is that, you know, gamers and journalists got to go hands-on and play these games and see them for mm-hmm. themselves. And, like... And, and that that's a very real major loss, which, you know, look like the hands-on time, the ability to walk up and play a game and then let people know if you liked it or didn't like it, that had kind of already been on a slow and steady decline for a decade. But And, but, and Justin, remind me, that they, they let in the public mm-hmm. recently, like in the last one or two years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. like, that is a, a goodwill thing, right? Just to have demo stations allow the public to play. That's more than what we're talking about as a, an industry event, right? Yep. And so that's a very real, like E3 is these kind of two separate things. It's sort of the, the pre E3 announcements and press conferences and hype. And like, that was always so fun. Like, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not discounting that. I love that. But, but the second half of it, the actual convention half where like, you know, now, now to only get the message from the publisher on like, we have these game announcements and here's our carefully curated trailer. Like it's a real shame to lose, you know, the kind of editorial component to it of, well, you know, I played the game and here's what I thought. Um, and, and that's, um, it's really disappointing to see that go away. Nick, did you cover E3 for IGN? Uh, I did. My first E3 with IGN was uh, 2018. But um, since I'm on the production side, I'm typically, I, I very rarely have gotten the opportunity to actually set foot in the convention center. But for me, that's not really what E3 is for me. It was very much like always working side by side with all of my coworkers to put on yeah. the best possible coolest looking show with the most mm-hmm. interesting insights and just being there like feet away from the actual convention center was just the most exciting electrifying time for me like just i don't know there, there's something like before i was at ign when i'm sitting at home and watching you know way back when g4's coverage of e3 through through a cable subscription it was very much like the most exciting thing of me for me during the summer you know fresh out of school summer vacation and now i get to look at all the video games that are coming out next year's but that same experience was totally encapsulated in the ign war room where we're all kind of reacting to the uh, the press conferences live and just being there with similar minded people is just so exciting. Like 2019, Nintendo's uh, Direct came by, not at E3, but still timed around it. Everyone likes to time their events, even their mm-hmm. directs, their streams all around the time mm-hmm. because let's face it, early June, mid June, it's always going to be the time to show your new video games. So uh, Nintendo does their thing. We're like, all right, time to get back to the live show. And then they, they won more thing with tears of the kingdom and everyone lost their mind in the war room just one of one of the most exciting electrifying times at ign especially for live events mm-hmm. i'm gonna miss that yeah yep i totally i there's i miss um i miss you know reading and following along with eg when i was uh a mere a mere fan a mere gamer and i miss working at E3 with all my ign colleagues those are some of the i agree some of the most fun and exciting times we've had at work 
RIP E3. I don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to come back. I think it might be over for that show. Justin, yeah, and you know, one funny thing about the the E3 not happening this year is that there's incredible game releases in May and yeah. June. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get that, we get like one big game, like I think Last of Us in May, like has happened before. Like, that's really cool. But like, we have such huge stuff. So like, maybe this is the start of like the fall being less of a, you know, huge, huge release season. I don't know though, because the holidays are such a big driver of that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would, wouldn't mind playing games all summer in addition to covering them all summer, this maybe maybe is a path towards that. I don't know. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you, uh, do, you, do you remember, like, Sam and Damon, you probably remember this. So when we're talking about the IGM War Room, by the way, like, we rent out a big space and it's all rigged up and everybody's there working together. And it's awesome. It's such a good vibe because mm-hmm. it's the only time of the year that the entire company is singularly focused on, you know, one thing, like putting on a massive show instead of everyone having their their, you know, their own kind of little worlds and pockets of work. But... Most IGN war rooms are great. E3 2012's war room was not great. <laughs> and um, well, that, which one was that? Was that, that the leak? Yeah, that was the one where like this is a real leak, like a water leak. There's like yeah. water. We hope it was water. There, there's like <laughs> gross water up in the ceiling, and it was like leaking, and we had to like clear out a whole portion of the space because like the people- the landlords came and and, and uh, <laughs> smoked marijuana in the bathroom, yep. and it stunk up the whole place. And then they just left. They yep. had a tiny dog with them. Yep. Heck yeah. It's very strange. Man, that was uh, those were the days. That was my first E3 with IGN. Actually, I'm like, okay, <laughs> 2012. This is how it wow. is. <laughs> my first E3 in 2006. Our war room was actually in the convention center. Yeah, yeah, that's get funny. We, um, my very first E3 was 2003. I was a high school senior and almost missed my high school graduation. But I said, no, thank you. I got to go. It. I'm going to LA. I'm going to E3. It's my it would my first time flying by myself. First time in California. First time oh. doing all that stuff. I snuck into EGM's party. They had a big party. I got to meet Dan Shu. I was very starstruck. Um, <laughs> and then would you know go on? I got to work with him a little bit, like later in my career. Um, and you know, I think we slept. I think six of us slept in one hotel room. Um, I slept on the floor in between the two beds and used my pants as my pillow. <laughs> Um, at the at the very first e3 which i think was in la then it was in atlanta and then Mm. back to la i think is how it worked but the very first e3 uh the apt big uh, device reveal there the big story was the virtual boy yeah not a joke that's true that was 1995 full circle isn't that cool full circle my first uh e3 was 2016 that was a right before IGN and I got to go to the Nintendo booth uh, because I was there for another uh, production company and I was the camera operator for our host who was playing Breath of the Wild ahead of release and I just remember like inside my mind just like give me the controller let me play this game (laughs) but but fortunately one of the other producers was very kind enough and they grabbed me while I was working hard on this production they got me the Breath Ooh. of the Wild coin. Yeah, that, oh, cool. That came. There's also that a blue T-shirt that came with that coin. Do you have? Yeah, that one? I didn't get the T-shirt, unfortunately. Uh, so <laughs> let, let me let me just like really quick summarize what Nick's talking about because it was the coolest E3 thing ever. They did not. You could not see what was in the booth that year. You had to wait in line around a big curtain, and while you waited in line, uh, you would get into this room. This is just like the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, Mm -hmm. for example, where they would do a little speech and they would show you a trailer and you were sitting on benches. But then the damn screen split (laughs) in half and opened up. And the thing that you were looking at on the screen was a giant, a giant build inside those, those curtains that you couldn't see. That was all vines and ruins and the master sword and, and a giant guardian and then rows and rows and rows and rows of uh, 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 PC, or well, I guess, what were they? We used the time, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it was that you could play. Yeah, yeah, that you could play the game on uh, for ten minutes or something like that. It was a timed demo. You could do whatever what you want mean? in those ten minutes um, to get onto the uh, get off. You could not get off the Great Plateau, but you could get close. It was really cool. But just sorry, in our B-roll here, um, we're seeing an old. old E3 Nintendo footage from the 2000s, and the slogan was, we make games that make games worth playing. And I was like, what? (laughs) Rolls off the tongue. 2004 was Reggie. That was his big reveal to the world. Oh, yeah. 
He's about great, ass great proto ass. DS there with the black center. That's really cool. I, I yeah. remember this E3. That's, he said it right there. <laughs> this is the one that sparked the EGM cover that pit the PSP versus the Nintendo DS. And I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? I can't buy both of these. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I've been in, it's like the, the farther away, like the longer I'm in the gaming industry, like the high highs of like, you know, the, the Zelda Twilight Princess reveal, like that we're seeing it right now. Like, you know, those memories are equal in my mind with like some of the E3 debacles and like how incredible and amazing that Konami press conference was that one year. Um yep. And I like I was in the room for that infamous Sony press conference with the giant enemy crab and all the memes that spawned <laughs> for that. Yeah. Um, and like those those are actually equal in my mind now that like 10 to 15 years has passed from like, you know, you, you look back on those horrible moments almost as fondly as the, you know, as the hype and the positive moments. Yeah. Don't, never forget Mr. Caffeine. At <laughs> Ubisoft. I, don't remember, I don't remember what year that was, but. They had a host. He, he said he he said he was called Mr. Caffeine. And if you haven't seen that, you should look yeah, that up that on YouTube. That's crazy. And also check out, out the, uh, the Wii Music. The Wii Music year. Oh, yeah. 2010. Incredible. Rather. <laughs> and the, the drummer. The drummer. Robbie Drums. He's given us some of the greatest, the greatest <laughs> gifts. That we, that we have. They need to be in the National Archives. Gifts of that. <laughs> so good. And then in there, I mean, there's a year when 2007, Ether was like, we're going to shake things up and like every, we're not and it wasn't at the convention center yeah it was like mm-hmm. spread out at all these different hotels and you had to yep. travel all over la to see all these conferences it was a whole mess that was bad i got <laughs> lost i got lost it's like they, they were supposed to take these shuttles to go from like hotel to hotel and i remember just walking around downtown santa monica i didn't know where i was <laughs> yeah anyway it's sad it's sad it's an in of an era i doubt i i I doubt E3 will ever really come back. So this may just be like a fun thing now. that I used that I used to enjoy. That's just over now in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's Rip. kind of a that's kind of a sobering life lesson to think about. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Well, let's move on to something more fun. It's time <laughs> for Game of the Year Watch 2023. We'll add that in post. Uh... We're, th- we're quarter one. We're down a quarter into 2023. Moving right along into Q- Q2. Ten games. Nope. Three games. <laughs> I've gotten a ten <laughs> from IGN this year. Those being Resident Evil 4 Remake. But ten games might have gotten a three. I don't keep track. <laughs> Dead Cells, Return to Castlevania, and Metroid Prime Remastered. Now, Metroid Prime Remastered is a remaster. That one's out. Dead Cells, Return to Castlevania. Not a full game. So, seems like Resident Evil 4 is the front runner. Uh leaving q1 this year um but there are, there are a bunch of games that got a nine as well so i'm gonna run through these first then we can dive into them individually pizza yeah. tower bayonetta origins huh fiat rhythm final bar line hogwarts legacy hi-fi rush dead space and fire emblem engage Ooh, what a year yeah it has been a great year so far i'm still in resident evil 4 um sam have you finished it yet 
I, I, I think I'm at the save before the final boss right now. <laughs> okay. I, I'm in chapter 13, so I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm in the back half of the game. You are, yeah. There's, there's, there's about four uh, more chapters, well, I think. I love it. I'm just I'm taking my time with it and, and enjoying everything about it. I had never really gotten stuck in the game until that that Hector Salazar boss fight at the end of the Ooh, castle. That one's tough. That one, yeah. I like. I was like. I felt like I'd hit a brick wall, and I spent mm. like an hour plus on it one night, and I was like, I just have to stop. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but I came back to it last night, and I was able to finish it. I think on my first try. Using so. your uh, Elden Ring skills. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> I looked around for ways to cheese the boss. <laughs> apparently, there aren't. Apparently, there aren't any ways to cheese that boss in particular. It, it, that uh, boss seems to be fine-tuned to take the last the last ammo round you have as its final, yeah. final you kill. Need, you need um, <laughs> long-range weapons that do high damage, and I just didn't have that. You didn't have I the just, rifle set up. I just have the I have the basic the first rifle you get. Yeah, and yeah. I had like a, a good pistol, but not a magnum, so it was yeah. tough. Um, Nick, have you beaten it? Yes, I have. Uh, I, I picked it up on launch day, and I knew that I had a, a limited timer to knock it out because I had to do a big shoot uh, not in my home or anywhere near IGN. So I was like, I, I got to power through this bad boy in, in one weekend. And so I I no-lifed it, and I, I finished the game on hardcore in about 19, <laughs> so 19 hours. It was, wow. dude, I had, a, I had a blast. It was so much fun. That's really fun. That's I had great. A, just one of the, it, it reminds you why Resident Evil 4 will, con, will continue to be one of the all-time greats. It is just just a wonderful reinvention of the original game, and they do a lot of very smart and clever stuff. Like I love all the expanded stuff with Luis. Uh, just getting to hang out with him a lot more is so so much fun. And I don't know, there's just a lot more stakes that they add to the story. Because like back when Resident Evil 4 first came out, they don't really provide you much context for Krauser as like wh- why he's important to Leon. And they have a lot of that added to this game. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And it, it does some clever things by coming out after all the, you know, the, cow- the the mountain of Resident Evil games that have come out since then. And it's like, hey, you, you guys remember the Wii game uh, Dark Side Chronicles? One of the Leon story <laughs> from that is now actually going to be canon because of how Krauser talks about the events from that Wii game and it's like wow this is awesome <laughs> yeah that's uh, a really great background nick i didn't know that i gotta look that up now it's a good time nick, best game is it the best game you've played this year so far uh, it, it, i mean yeah i think so um i, I it's really strange though because i feel like is there it, am i just getting old or is it sad that my two favorite games of this year are both remakes of games that have come out much <laughs> earlier dead space Shut and up. resident evil 4 <laughs> like I don't I mean, know. There's something really about that's a little bit of a bummer. But um, apart from that, I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak in and cheat and sneak one in. Uh, okay. Chained Echoes came out December 16th, 2022, and I'm going mm. by Academy Awards rules since it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't allowed to be included for Game of the Year for 2022. <clears throat> I'm lobbying yeah. that as my my number two of the year okay. for 2023. That's fair, but I need a, I need a refresher on what Chained Echoes is. Chained Echoes is, I believe, a German-produced JRPG love letter that harkens back to Chrono Trigger and uh, mm. Final Fantasy like VI, and it is outstanding. It's about a 50-hour uh, modern JRPG-inspired uh, game, and it's just, it, it is a delight through and through. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I haven't finished, uh, obviously I haven't finished RE4 yet, but it's feeling like it'll be the best game I've played so far this year. Um, Sam, would you agree? Yeah, although I'm really liking Fire Emblem in terms yeah, of- Yeah, I like that one too. A, a that one's great game. too. I, and like, I, I put it down and then I just was on a trip and I, I took it and I, I I fell right back in so well that like, I just I just love it. I'm playing that alongside of every game I've played since, you know, when I, when I started in February now, which is really funny. Uh, to stick with it that long, but it just feels good as a complimentary game for this. Yeah, that is a really good game too. Um, Justin, have you, do you have any experience with any of these? Yeah, I did play Fiat Rhythm. It's funny, like, you know, with rhythm games. So first of all, it's excellent, like well-deserving of the nine. Like it's so, but, but it's tough to sort of talk about a rhythm game, except to be like, yeah, it's really good and fun. Like what, like, what else can you say and add to that? Right. Like, mm-hmm. but the thing about rhythm games is like you play through, like it's got a really, really good and well thought out uh, single player mode. And, you know, 
it sort of it, it it is nostalgia bait, but like that's fine. Like I like Final Fantasy. Like I'm happy to see you know all those soundtracks and characters come back and and you know be be done in this art style. Um, mm-hmm. But you come at a point with a rhythm game where like so I did the single player. Like I played through the songs. I reached my limit. Like I can't do it on the hardest difficulty. I'm not good enough. And so then it's like. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, I guess that's it. Like, I guess you, you know, it's like the game doesn't, I don't get the satisfaction of like, ah, like I beat it and the credits rolled. It's like, it eventually just gets too hard. And then I guess I'm just done with it now. And so, um, but I do, I don't know how much I've talked about this on scoop, but I actually do have a real affinity for, um, like I play almost every music game that comes out. I loved Tyco drum master on the switch mm-hmm. and I have, a lot of that DLC and I've come so close many times to actually buying the Tyco drums. Um, I used to have the old Tyco drum on PS2, uh, the drum controller. I have not yet bought the switch one. So, um, but it, it like that game kind of came and went for me. Um, and until you name dropped it, I'm like, Oh yeah, that game did rule. Um, and then, and then I did play through Hogwarts legacy too, where, oh, yeah. you know, I thought I thought that that game it's not a game of the year contender for me. I thought it was really good. I actually really liked it a lot. Um you know, it, it's unfortunate that um some people think that playing that game aligns you with an ideology that I don't personally agree with and I don't think that that has to be the case. Like hmm. I was able to separate the two and play through the game and enjoy it. Um a really well-made, competent open world um action game that um you know is really beautiful and has a lot of really good stuff about it um i don't it's not in the game of the year hunt for me um but you know but i thought it was time well spent it's interesting because it is the best selling game of the year so far i i I would kind of guess like if if people were you know making game of the year picks right now i kind of feel like the conversation would be around uh re4 and hogwarts legacy yeah at least maybe not just at ign but just like in the gaming community in general, just because that was, it's been such a mega hit. I mean, it seems like Diablo 4 already. Well, in yeah, that there's Diablo 4 too. I did, yeah. I played that beta and it was, um, it's not, you know, it was too um, laggy for me to enjoy. Mm-hmm. I played it mm-hmm. for about an hour and my character was rubber banding all around and I'm like, okay, I need to, you know. Is I that because to- there's, can you play offline and fix that in any way? Um, I don't know, but it was also the open beta weekend was sort of like a worst case. Like, I don't, I don't think it's indicative of how the game will actually play. Because there's there's also cues and stuff like that, right? So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I I ate that beta up though. That was, that was a good time. (laughs) Yeah. At the same time as Resident Evil 4 too. It's just what a crazy couple weeks it's been. Yeah. Do you think do you think Resident Evil like you know it's sort of like you could th- th- to make a movie analogy like you could have the best most well made comedy but like because of its genre it's not going to be in like the Oscar hunt right like are certain game genres at an advantage or disadvantage when it comes to like year end awards got yeah, disadvantage to fighting games and racing games right sure yeah. although, except, although except we did for give that it one year Forza, <laughs> Forza yeah. there are exceptions absolutely yeah. third person over the shoulder shooters I think are the uh, the prime bait for game of the year <laughs> open yeah. open world action adventure games yeah what <laughs> um, one thing i wanted to add about resident evil uh, even though i'm sure people are here sick of hearing us talk about although everybody's getting to play it now which i'm really happy about but uh mercenaries is out uh i think next 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 week or next week april um, 7th i believe april 7th yeah that's right and mm-hmm. uh i just don't know what week it is right now you're right it, that'll be next week then uh really cool single player arcade mode but the point I wanted to make was that inclu- that included Resident Evil 4 just has so much stuff in it. Yeah, it's a and huge it game. feels like um, it feels like these games you'd get, which like you were really happy about in the early 2000s. You're like, I can just play this forever. Like if I, when I was a kid, I was always looking for that. Like, that's why I really liked Final Fantasy as a kid. I was like, I can play this series for so long. Like your 70 bucks or 60 bucks goes so much further. And I'm already planning like what my play just resident Evil light had a little bit of this too. It just was a smaller overall game, but it has these replayability factors. Where you can replay it on easy and you can beat it in under five hours for this reward. You can beat it on the new difficulty professional using, you know, a, a completely different method of playing. You unlock like all kinds of like weapons and infinite ammo to get these like certain, you know, you, you to help you with like certain achievements. It's just, it's just really cool. Like there's just so much in there and none of it is, 
hey, now come play online, like games mm-hmm. went to, at this, this time, I'm not saying games are doing that now and bad or anything, <clears throat> but like at this time, it was refreshing that Resident Evil 4 didn't do that. And now it's not doing it again. It's just really fun. It's just a, a huge amount of stuff to do. And I think, I honestly think Metroid Prime is like that too. It, it's not as filled with tchotchkes. There's all this like DLC costumes, unlockable costumes and stuff in this, but Prime has a lot going for it also. Like you will not be disappointed with that purchase. Like you could play it forever. Yeah, it's great. For sure. Uh, and to Justin's question about, are there certain genres that are more or less likely to be nominated for game of the uh, year awards? I just looked over the list of um, every winner from IGN's game of the year awards over the years. And one thing that has never won is a pixel art game. Mm, wow. That's never won. Bummer. Um, we have an email about Game of the Year Watch from Jake in Adelaide, South Australia. So let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, well, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Jake did. He says, in Australia, we have a nationwide music event every year called the Triple J Hottest 100, where everyone votes <laughs> for their top 10 songs of the year. And then the songs are played from 100 to 1 throughout a day of celebration and festivities. That sounds awesome. However, in recent years, there has been some controversy among listeners as many high-placing songs have been covers and not originals. Mm. One cover, actually one back in 2021, Elephant, Like a Version by The Wiggles. (laughs) I haven't heard that one. So with the recent 10 out of 10 scores award to Metroid and RE4 remasters, this has had me thinking, is it acceptable for a remake or remaster to win Game of the Year when it is not an original game? Quick clarification, Resident Evil 4 is a full remake not a remaster, which, as Sam has pointed out, feels like just almost a completely different game. Yeah. Yeah, those are not the same category as our mm-hmm. remasters like Metroid yeah. Prime. I don't think a remake has one game of the year, but I think those are, I think those are, I mean, those are eligible. Thanks right? to the outstanding yeah. updates in Metroid. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you, you know, you, you take these games and you, you make a new game out of it just because the foundation was there doesn't mean it's not like completely redone in an engine and everything like that. We, we wouldn't mm. discount that, but I think we, we have made a category for remasters and uh, have used that as a separate category before. And like, it seems like this is the type of year to bring that back. Right. With dead mm-hmm. space and Metroid prime alone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep, I mean, sure. we, we've talked about this on scoop before that these remakes and remasters, um, you know, they're not one or the other. It's a sliding scale, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, you know, that the extreme end of the spectrum is Resident Evil and like Final Fantasy seven remake. We're like, it's taking, it's taking the concept of the previous game and making a brand new game from it. Right. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's games that are in the middle and then there's games that are just like up versions of what came before. And, you know, so I, I don't think it's necessarily, it's, it's a fluid thing more than a binary thing. And let me just mention how much I get excited over the idea of a video game cover because it's <laughs> such a cool idea to think of like a new oh, fresh artist. Oh, that's such an awesome idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And especially Which if it's is kind of what Dead Cells Return to Castlevania is. 100%. Sure. Yeah, that's a really good good example. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a really, I mean, I kind of, what, what was the Metroid uh, Samus Returns is kind of like that, right? Mm-hmm. Just to give it to a young studio to kind of redo the whole thing. But like, I, and I get really excited to be like, well, you know, what about across companies, you know, Konami doing a Mega Man game or whatever, you know, it's just funny to think about that. Yeah, they did. Um, there was Tekken vs. Street Fighter. And then I don't remember, did the other one ever come out? No. They were going to do just, both. Nah. They just, they eventually admitted that one's never going to come out. <laughs> oh. That's funny. Yeah. But man, you're, that, you've just uh, implanted a very um, <laughs> interesting idea in my head, Sam. That I'm going to spend way too much time. <laughs> I know it's really it's a really Tonight, cool idea because and like with with favorite. music covers, like I think it is it, that's a neat controversy to talk about because you know refreshing a tune in even in a different genre is really interesting, I right? And then like and sometimes you uh, the popular version. This is really common in the 50s and 60s, but sometimes the popular version of a song. Is, mm-hmm. is a clone from the time of the song, and the, the original artist <clears throat> didn't get the hit with it. I mean, yeah. the best example of that is this great band, The Wailers, did Louie Louie, which was a Richard Berry song already, uh, in their style that the Kingsmen covered, and it sounds exactly like the Wailers version. The Kingsmen <laughs> got the hit. Everybody's yeah. heard it for 70 years now. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it, it just an unfortunate, unfortunate thing about how video games are made compared to songs is that, you know, you can pick up an acoustic guitar and cover something. But if some studio on a whim was like, we'd like to cover a video game, it would take a team of 60 people three years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Maybe more of a fun idea than something that's 
quite realistic. Good Dead Cells comparison, though. That yeah, was a, that's a, a good really one. one. Was, I mean, especially yeah. if it, I love the idea of a remake, though, by people that just have no right to do that remake. And that happens yeah. with mods, right? Like a lot of people oh, yeah. do like Ocarina of Time in HD and you like see it like that's basically a cover version of Ocarina of Time, right? Yeah. Some, yeah. some rando did it. Yeah. Well, it's also different. Like, like with yeah. music. With music, the original artist can't stop you from covering their song. You just have to right. pay. You just pay a, a licensing fee for yeah. you know, for it. But with video games, like <laughs> I don't think any, another developer could just say, "I'm going to yeah. remake the original it, Legend of Zelda." It, it'd be very <laughs> much. It would be very much the original band going up to another band and saying, "We want you to make a new version yeah. of our song," <laughs> which doesn't yeah. quite. That's not quite how it happens normally. Yeah, yeah. that's just yeah. really interesting though that music can have that while movies and and games really don't. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anecdotally at IGN, the sense I get, I, I, I felt more love for Resident Evil 4, I think, than for any other game released this year uh, across the entire staff. And we're, we're, we're in the middle of it right now, so yeah. we'll see how things that's shake true. out. Yep, we'll see how things do. I just, in my mind, that's kind of the front runner where we are at this point. Looking out over the next quarter, I mean, there's we got a new Zelda coming out. <laughs> Sequel to what many people think is the greatest game of all time. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Redfall, Diablo 4. Again, people were loving that. What did they play to that already? Then Final Fantasy 16 and Street Fighter 6. So it's Amazing. just stacked just year. Be a huge monster year. What a year. And then in Q3, we'll have Starfield and Spider Man 2. Let's see. Where are we going to next? Oh, yeah. Speaking of Zelda, Legend of Zelda, we got a nice, lengthy gameplay demo. For uh, Tears of the mm-hmm. Kingdom, how are we feeling about that? Yeah, I, I mean, it's funny. Like sometimes I see a gameplay demo or I watch something, and I'm like, "Oh, I didn't think that seemed so great." And then everyone online is like, "It's incredible!" And like, then, if, that, if but, you're gonna say that's how you felt, I'm kind of right there with you. No, no, no. But I was, oh, okay. I was the opposite <laughs> with Zelda, okay. where I watched it and loved it, and then, but then <laughs> the. the Everyone's impressions online are like, you know, across social media and my social circle are like a little bit more mixed. Um, We always knew my thing is like it's an iterative sequel, right? Like it is not a Zelda sequel. It's a Breath of the Wild sequel specifically. And and so I think that some people's expectations were out of whack. Like this is a game that iterates on Breath of the Wild really directly in a really one to one way. And I watched it. I'm like, it looks fantastic. I think part of it for me is that I haven't played Breath of the Wild since launch. So you know, it's six years in the rearview mirror for me. So like, yeah, like I'm ready to jump back into that world with new twists and new abilities. Um, you know, and so some people's disappointment of like, it looks like breath of the wild 1.5. I'm like, well, you know, okay, that's a valid perspective, but I'm, you know, I'm ready for that. Yeah. And and I I should say, like, I think it looks super fun. I think the fuse mechanic looks like a lot of fun to play with, but I just, I can't shake the feeling that it's going to be, uh, just a little bit un un. Uh, what's the word for it? Uninspired. Well, not not uninspired. Just like it's not gonna like land with the oh, yeah. the the you know the meteoric smash that the the original was. It's not gonna like change the industry like the original one did. I don't know because it just like Justin was saying, just looks very similar. I'm still not sure. Is it the same map? Because if it's the same map, that kind of kills all the exploration that I love. It is the same map. On, yeah, the, so like, on the ground. Well, that yeah, makes it hard for me to get super excited. There is no way they can plop you into any part of that map and then let like if you've played Breath of the Wild in the last year, maybe, but you wouldn't it would all be new to you anyway. You don't remember <laughs> I mean, that forest and like that map. did say I have a feeling that the regions are gonna be similar, but I feel like the geography is gonna be pretty different. And I know we have comparisons on our site that show like, hey, this is this area, this is this area. But Ionuma said this is the Hyrule you remember from Breath of the Wild with some changes. So I'm like, sure, I'm sure it's gonna be a remix. I'm sure it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, I, I, uh, my, you know, I'm just as hyped for this game as I've always been. This, this, I think what this showed us was what Nintendo is not showing us more than what they're showing us. They are, they did not work on a game for over six years because they were working on this while Breath of the Wild was being released, uh, without putting in a bunch of things that we don't know about that add up to something bigger than this. Yeah. So, what they're willing to show us is very similar to what they're willing to tell us early on about the dang title, which was so funny where they're like, we can't tell you this because it gives too much away for right now. Like, <laughs> what does that even mean? Like it still doesn't mean anything, but that's what this is. It's like, 
here, here's, here's what we want to show people, but what we really don't want to show people is the most important to us. And, you know, like right here is a really good shot. That looks like a, a dungeon in the background there, like a giant interior mm-hmm. island there. Yeah. It took um, him, it took him six years to do mushroom shield. You can put yeah, a mushroom yeah, on your no way. There's just no way. I mean, <laughs> like they didn't fix the pop in, like I looked at the pop in. So they're working on something, you know? And when I think about that, I think about, you know, I want something changed the map. I don't just want Sky Islands. They've shown a bunch of ways that could happen. Um, one one of like the things you have to think about is that Zelda has frequently had dark worlds and alternate timelines mm-hmm. and and alternate things. Like they could absolutely be showing you fifty percent of this game just like the upside down castle in Castlevania or whatever, right? They mm-hmm. could be showing us that. They could be showing us, uh, you know, the surface that has a much. We're seeing Link go all over the place. Like I have, there's a lot of speculation about underground. There's just is, you know, mm-hmm. and like what that looks like, and then like what what we're looking at here. There's a little hint in the video. He's like, you won't see a lot of these yellow trees on the ground. Like there okay. could be seasons. Zelda's stuck with seasons before, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a previous game. There's just a lot of speculation. I still have. And I think Nintendo is really, really intentionally hiding this game. And uh, that's why, you know, we're not going to a giant booth at E3 to play 10 minutes of it too, probably, you know, like there's just so much evidence going towards the cover up, which is the most exciting thing to me. Now, if the game comes out and it's just this, I still want to be disappointed because yeah. I could, I could have played what work, what people can um, negatively refer to as, you know, breath. This looks like breath of the wild DLC. Like, Bring it on, man. I love the Breath of the Wild DLC. Mm-hmm. I played it all over again. I played Master Quest. Like, I thought it was really, really good, or what it was called, the, the hard difficulty mode. Mm-hmm. But um, when I see things like, like, why is there still a dragon? Like, that that's the kind of thing that I'm like, well, what, maybe change that up. You know, like, yeah, I kind of want to see the Majora's too. Mask of it. Like, take everything and twist it. Like, I like that. But also, that's also something that's been done. So <clears> let's see what they do. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean as, a, as a dude who's religiously played Breath of the Wild basically every year since its launch, I th- this has me drooling. I want it right now, <laughs> and it looks exactly like what I wanted. Uh, it, to me, this trailer was very much, or this gameplay session was very much Nintendo saying, being confident in the new systems that are in Tears of the Kingdom, saying, hey, you guys remember how you liked all the chemistry and physics stuff from the previous game? He, this is going to be the new thing of that, but enjoy. It's going to be the thing that people are going to talk about, I think, for a long time. And I think adding the extra utility for all of the craft, the um, loot drops uh, mm-hmm. is, a, is a welcome change from Breath of the Wild because it felt very much like this is all just barter material. Um, so I, I'm excited to have more utility and and and, and Mm. one thing that is very exciting for me is the uh a a lot of the interesting speculation that uh myself and a lot of the folks on the zelda subreddit have had about what (laughs) tears of the kingdom would be about uh because in breath of the wild you can actually find traces of an ancient civilization um called the zonai (laughs) and and this trailer or this this gameplay confirms the Zona mm-hmm. is where it's at because you pick up an item from all of these. Um, what are the what are the not guardians called? The constructs. Whatever, what, constructs. They drop Zonai charges, which look like fuel the like crafted machines that you can fuse together. So uh, it looks like the Zonai are going to be a pretty prominent uh, story aspect of Tears of the Kingdom, which is exciting because they had a lot of that world building and teasing in breath of the wild. So, uh, I'm very, very hyped for that. I do think like, I, I'm, I'm very excited. I was very positive on the gameplay demo. Um, but that being said there, it, it, this does feel like a game that Nintendo was trying to Majora's mask and have kind of fast follow breath of the wild. And then something went a little sideways. Like there's no way that this was supposed to take six years. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think that that's pretty apparent. Like, they're like, okay, we'll reuse the map. Like, we'll change it. We'll change the trees around and stuff and add these new features and release it. And then, and then you know, I, I mean, I guess a pandemic happens. So <laughs> maybe that's part of it. But, yeah, like, maybe that. It, it, it's, I think people would feel differently if this were coming out in, you know, 20, 2021 instead of 2023. Um, where, I mean, I'm still very positive on it at all. But, like, some people's sort of negative or more mixed impressions, I think, has to do with how long it's taken and then, you know, now I've seen some comments of like, 
well, it's going to take another six years to get like a traditional Zelda again because they gave us this treatment again. And so, you know, like it just takes so long and so much effort to make a video game now that um, mm-hmm. that I think that that's influencing some of the more mixed impressions as well. We need more cover bands. Yeah, we need more cover bands. How, how much of that, uh, tra- like, oh, man, we're not going to get a traditional Zelda game for, like, another six years. Isn't that, like, the, the cycle of so- the, of the well, public's reception to Zelda? It's like, man, when yeah. are we going to get a dark and gritty Zelda again? Yeah. I'm tired of this cartoon <clears throat> stuff. I, I, it's more <laughs> just like, like, I hear it I hear it with Zelda, and I hear it with, like, Bethesda of, like, you know, mm-hmm. so Starfield, like, you know, it's going to take 20 years between Elder Scrolls games almost. Like, that's the time frame that they're on. And then what about Fallout? Like... You know, there's just games are so complex and take so long to make now that like the you just, you know, the wait in between them ends up being longer and longer. Yeah. Is anyone bothered that weapons still break? No, no. I thought I, love I also weapons weapons never. I also me either. I love that Nintendo leaned into it and like your weapon breaks <laughs> within the first like eight seconds of like <laughs> getting his hands on it. Yeah. See, Out of all the things in this trailer that I I, I like them uh, of the weapon crafting and stuff, I thought that I think that spoke puff is like hilarious and cool. Yeah, like if that's like one you know iota of what this game is going to be about creativity wise in terms of being a playground, I just think that's great. That's what yeah. that's where I don't understand where the mixed impressions are coming from. But like everyone was completely mind blown and 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 it took over the zeitgeist for a year when you could do things like. You know, you're like the original Breath of the Wild had that puzzle where you were supposed to drag these metal boxes over to conduct yeah. electricity. Then it's you like, no, all your swords. Yeah, I'll just drop my swords and solve the puzzle that way. Like this <laughs> yeah. feels like that concept and that gameplay space. But now it's the entire game is that like mm. it, like the possibility space of I think what you're going to be able to do just feels infinite. And it's going to make this whole game feel so much more like a playground than it already did. Um, Let me give one other pitch for that, that like the re- returning to a playground thing, because I want to explore things more than anything. And I probably said on the show, I want a new map more than anybody. Like I, I like that. I loved being you know, completely mystified and by a, a, a map I've never been in. However, I now love this game so much that I kind of want to see the differences. Like yeah. that's just a whole different thing for me that I didn't expect. And I don't think is, is contradictory to me also wanting a new world. Now I'm like, how did they change this? And I really want people who care about this topic to go check out our, uh, we just made a quick video comparison video where um, my coworker, Ronnie, this is uh, awesome. took, took uh, like, the camera shots and redid those from the map points where this takes place. So like this in particular is kind of a funny one because he goes out on a bridge and then uses uh, Navali's gale, which bursts you up in the air. And then he syncs up the video right when Link gets to the point in the video that this is. And so you can see the comparison of Link falling into that. Lake. Oh, that's cool. And he just, he just spent all this time matching up these scenes and uh, it's great. And so and you can really get an idea of like, okay, they in this one area, yeah, they moved a bunch of trees and put a platform here. But you look in the background and like there's stuff that's different. And this is a really interesting shot for me right here because there's nothing in the sky. Like either that's like the low part of the sky or you raise stuff from the ground. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting to see that that little part there. I do really like that the game doesn't load you back and forth between the ground and the skyline. Mm-hmm. Oh you, you transition yeah. in real time. It's nice. it's awesome. mm-hmm. And it looks very pilot wings. Yeah, totally pilot wings. So that's a really good shout. It has pilot wings and this ultra hand in it. Two, yep, two yep. I don't know. I don't know how you can't be hyped or you take two spears and make a long spear. It was a really long, long spear. spear. Damn it, it was so long. Me. I just really hope that fusibility has the ability to be upgraded so that you can combine multiple items together. Yeah. I want I want to make the world's longest spear and see what I can get away with, you know. I did laugh out loud when he took when he fused um, a boulder with his stick, and then yeah. he could just swing the boulder around like it would nothing. <laughs> I know it's, it's gonna be great. I hope it's great. I hope it's great. I think the fusibility and ascend look really cool. I just I just hope it's different enough. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, extracurricular activities. I saw John Wick. Chapter Ooh. four. Oh man, I can't wait. Any, anyone else see it? Yeah, oh, I saw it. One? You saw it. What do you think? I thought it was a great time. I think it's a, it's really, I love being enthralled by just people who are very good at what they do from a stunt perspective and like a choreograph, a choreography perspective and just Mm -hmm. 
the people who are at the top of their game showing what what's the coolest thing we can do in this scene and how long can yeah. we get away with doing it and i'm like yeah that, that's what i want to see i want to see people being cool for three hours yeah. and you know what it does not dis- disappoint yeah. in that respect yeah some people talk about how long it is and like yeah but it, you know it never felt long to me i never i was never bored basically the movie yeah. is basically three really long action sequences in three different <laughs> cities it's like, wow. it's like if you split up into acts, act one, act two, act three, it's just like three really long action scenes that go on for like 20, 30, even more minutes. It's great. Uh, it pa- I was it a passes a, What's oh, that? sorry. It passes the bathroom test for Nick Lamone, which means I had to go to the bathroom at the 45 minute mark, but I ended up glued to my seat for the entire time. So <laughs> I was in pain by the end, but it was all. Oh, worth no. It. <laughs> it's a good kind of pain, though. Somehow. Somehow, bladder pain feels good in a place like this. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So, no spoilers. I was surprised a little bit how about how final the movie feels. It feels like, you know, never say never, but it feels like that could be the last one if they mm-hmm. never wanted to make another. I'm sure Lionsgate, the studio, wants more of that. But, you know, I, there's no, like, no sequel has been greenlit. I don't think there's a script for anything. And, of course, what? Keanu Reeves is almost 60 now. So it's like Yeesh. I just, uh, his, his poor knees. I don't know how much more his <laughs> knees can take. He's just up and down, up and down the whole movie. It's crazy. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it's great for, for all the hotline Miami fans out there. There is yep. an app. Yep. There's absolutely a sequence that is. And I know we actually got an interview with them about, uh, mm-hmm. I, I believe one of our UK social people asked uh, Chad Zahelski and Keanu if this one specific action scene was inspired by Hotline Miami at which they did say oh well we've never heard of that game but it was inspired by this game called I believe Hong Kong Massacre which is a game that was inspired by Hotline oh, Miami so funny. so it was just a like oh my gosh it, it all works it, it's, it's yeah. all connected I love it that's an awesome sequence. I think this movie also has the most people being hit by cars that I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's all they already one, had a lot of that. There's one <laughs> scene that has probably the most people I've seen hit by cars in a movie. <laughs> um, and then also, I, I was thinking about this, Nick. Um, and maybe all of them are like this, and I just never noticed it. Every character in the movie is from the assassin world. There's no other character that's not, you know, there's like there's a scene in a nightclub where people are dancing, but there's no like named character that has a right. line. Everyone. Exactly. So it it almost makes it seem like it's like happening in the real world, but no one sees it happening. Because like when I was talking about all these people being hit by cars, no one stops to their car to see. <laughs> okay, it's so it's I like mean, it's happening in a different plane of existence or something. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that that all that car carnage was happening outside the Arc de Triomphe. So I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah. if I was the Joe Schmo <laughs> and I see John Wick hitting people with guys, I'm like, I'm not getting out of my car. I'm just going to keep on going, man. <laughs> There's a lot of people hit by cars. It's great. I loved it. Best, um, hmm, it's, well, best action movie I've seen this year, hands down, easily. And then also, Sam, did you Rise of Resistance? I did. I got to go out a couple times Ooh, and oh, – um, oh. I really, I really, Disneyland was fun because I hadn't, I hadn't been to that or California Butcher in, in a few years. And so uh, I got to go to Oga's, uh, which I did. Uh, we had that book for like the end of the night, like after the Blue Bayou and like other things. That's, so like, that's that was like, yeah, that, that was, yeah, it was like, they just have regular drinks, they have beers and, you know, whiskey yeah. and stuff like that. It was really fun. But we were with friends and uh, got, you know, probably too many drinks there. So that was fun leaving the park and going on as many rides as we could, like, in the 10 minutes before the park closes, which you can do, by the way. you can get on a lot of stuff. Um, so that was great. But, and I, I love that idea. But yeah, so rise that's, you know, people kept on, I, I was over, overhyped on that. I hadn't been on the, the millennium Falcon one either, which is called. Smugglers uh, run. Smugglers run. Yes. Um, okay. So here's what I like about uh, uh, rise is that it's like so much of it's practical. Like, you know, you yes. walk into a room and it's like an unbelievable Star Wars. Animatronics have come so far. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The animatronics look crazy. And then like the lot large builds are really cool. And then um, there's a component to that and Smuggler's Run both, which I just like, they need to get like James Cameron level uh, CG like going in these rides. Cause I just mm-hmm. think they look a little blurry and, and outside the windows of your, your vehicle, they don't look that great. But um, um, 
that that's basically my only complaint. I mean, they're really fun. And then I will add to that that like I just like roller coasters at Disneyland more than I like their other types of rides. So like I don't like Indiana Jones as much as Space Mountain, for example, or or the Matterhorn's my favorite ride there easily. Mm-hmm. And it's just a dumb wooden roller coaster, you know. But it's just so stupid and fun. And I love Big Thunder Mountain too. So it's great to have the variation though, because you can't just go on roller coasters all day necessarily. And so I do like that they're they're innovating and stuff like that. But yeah, it was great. And then one other shout out to the Grand Californian Hotel. That hotel is amazing. It's like a craftsman-inspired Yosemite Lodge that's attached to the park with a great bar and like all kinds is that of like one cool with the stuff. Trader Sam's? No, that's the Disneyland Hotel. Okay. Also, really cool mid-century hotel. But this is brand new, and it, it, it just okay. it looks like a Yosemite Lodge. Like it's like giant, you know, fake redwood, a huge like fake Californian lodge, and it's it it actually like doors to the park adjacent, so you can just go cool. back and forth. And um, I just very much enjoyed that. I would never want to uh, stay anywhere else at this point. It's great. Cool. Yeah. Fun stuff. And that brings us to video game 20 questions. <clears throat> Our suggestion this week comes from Aaron from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. What? And I will. Yep. I will let you know. Um, there is a meta. Okay. Oh, I also wanted to say thanks for saying hi at Disneyland to all the GameScoop fans that came up and said hi. It all really right. That's is that special when that happens. Yeah, and it's really, really cool, and I, re- I really do appreciate people. They're always the fans are always so nice and so polite, and I just like it. Just really, it, it feels great. So thanks yeah. for doing that. Scoop Nation is everywhere. Yeah. Damon, right, let, this game, that, let the questioning begin. Damon, did you know that I'm from Cedar Rapids, Iowa? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know if I knew you were from that exact yep. city. I am from that city. So do you know Aaron? Uh, well, probably. <laughs> uh, should this game have appeared at an E3? I mean, it could have. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> did this game come out in the, in the 70s, 80s, or 90s? Yes. Well, what's the meta? That's what I want to know. <laughs> maybe it's a, I don't know. Maybe it's an early Resident Evil game or something. Mm. Or is yeah. this game on a Nintendo console? Um. Yes. Maybe it's a handheld. Well, yeah. Or it got ported. You know, like it's playable now on the Switch oh, yeah, or something. Yeah, totally. Uh, is this a based on a license? No. Was it originally released in the 90s? No, that's five. Same question, 80s? No. Ah, 70s game. Oh, so th- remember we talked, we last episode, we had, we know, we said we never get 70s games. Uh, yeah, there's that's not that the many meta. of them. No, there's not that many of them. Is this game about space? No. Ooh. Okay. But Centipede is 80. Yeah, that's 80. Or 81. Is this game about sport? No. Hmm. We, we basically only have driving. And uh, I don't know, there's not that many oh. others. I'm a, I'm a bit at a loss for 70s games, boys. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, oh, man. Um, was this game made by Atari? Yes. That, that makes it easy. So but- it's not... <laughs> It's not Atari. It's, it, I think it's Super Sprint, probably. It's like a driving game. But um, uh, we, we eliminated sport because Atari did football and yeah. they did Pong. I was going to say, did... like, yeah. So obviously, you know, no Space Wars, no Atari football. Yeah. Like yeah. Pitfall on there? Pitfall, right? That's a little not later. 70, that's that's later. 80s. Yeah. It could have been like a tank style game. There's combat. There are really, there are really not that many from the seventies. Like even like the old, like the classic, classic games. Like you know, I don't know, like Missile Command. Like a lot of those are nineteen eighty. Yeah, exactly. Zork. Was this a, a two-player game or more? It um, <clears throat> it could be. That's ten. <laughs> maybe it's maybe maybe it's not a video game at all, and it's Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> or a Tiger Electronic. I don't get why it could be multiplayer because like there's all the driving like super sprint would be two player pong is two player not being a space game is really throwing me for a loop because galaxian asteroids those were like late 70s Mm -hmm. well 
I, what about I think a, there's like go ahead. I think it's probably combat. What about adventure? That's Activision, not Atari. And it was from the eighties. Oh no, adventure. Sorry. I think you pitfall. No, it could be adventure. Yeah, that's right. Do you play as a vehicle? Mm, no. Do you play no. as a dot? <laughs> <laughs> no. What? Okay. <laughs> Uh, Could be. A, do you think it's a pinball table? Like a video uh, Atari video pinball is one. Well, so or that just would have two metas. I don't know. Or just Damon's messing with us in some way. Like maybe it's like speak and spell. Well, this is a video game <laughs> twenty questions, so mm-hmm. I don't think it, it could be Simon. Right? Yeah, si- exactly, Simon. Yeah, no, I think it's video game twenty questions, so it's it's going to be okay. But it could be Atari video pinball, which is a good one. Um. I don't know how to narrow this down. Uh, is this a black and white graphics in the original version? Uh, <laughs> Hard to tell. Okay, I think uh, it's video. No, no, wait, hold on. I just, I'm trying to think the correct way to answer this. <sighs> Technically, yes, but not from the player's perspective. I gave you yeah, too much yeah. information. I know. It's. I know. Yeah. I know. I know what you're getting at here. Uh, do you? Is this? A, is this a, a game based on pinball? <laughs> No. Okay. So this has like a reflected screen up, but we, we have limited space games. And I don't understand because I think of a, 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 a asteroids as that game. Yeah. And space invaders, which is not Atari. I'm really thrown off by it not being adventure. Black and white. But Even not from the player's perspective. Oh, like, oh, oh, I know what it is. It's Breakout. What is because it? that has stripes of color on the, sc- on the screen. Um, and it's none of the things we've mentioned already. Does th- is this game about a bouncing ball? Yes, that's 15. Okay. <laughs> is, this, is this the creators of Apple's foundational game Breakout for Atari in the arcades? Wait, what? Apple's foundational game? Yeah, because it has it was like Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak working for Atari at the time. Yeah, and Jobs hosed him. Well, <laughs> in any case, yes, it is Breakout. Woo. Yeah, that's the story behind Breakout. Well done, which is sad. Nineteen seventy six, and yes, black and white game that had color strips on the monitor, so it appeared you're you're breaking blocks. Yeah, blocks of color. Real, really good illusion if you see it too. It's like, oh, I, did you get all the red red bricks out yet? Because it just has a piece of red tape over that part. Yep. Um, and then I, that, I don't think, you know, since it's a paddle game that didn't get ported to yeah. other platforms. However, it is in Atari 50, which is on the Nintendo switch. So yes, it's on a Nintendo platform. Atari mm-hmm. 50 is half off right now, by the way. Oh, wow. Everyone should grab it. It's yep. awesome. And so. you don't play as a dot. You play as a rectangle. So you got that one, right? <laughs> and yes. Isn't, uh, well, you play as a paddle. Isn't right? the lore isn't, that the paddle is a spaceship? Isn't that what's going on? <laughs> yeah, if I totally. Except... <laughs> No, that's um, that'd be a the other well, one. It's an alley, alleyway. Arkanoid. That'd be an Ar- Ar- Arkanoid Ar- Ar- and Ar- alleyway. Both have it as a as a spaceship. And but Mario the, operates the one in alleyway. The marquee artwork for Breakout is portrays a prison break. Someone's that's breaking right. out. That's right. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Breakout lore. Yeah, it's yeah. got like a burger. <laughs> yeah, it's like an old timey striped prison outfit. He's <laughs> it's really out. cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, 1976. And Aaron did say he, he wanted to suggest a game from the 70s because you mentioned last week that you rarely get games from the 70s. Um, I wish it was a driving one and it was that game Fire Truck. Remember that from California yep. Extreme that has two players? Yep. Yes, that one's really fun. Um, <laughs> also, I was looking at California Extreme this year. Is it is it um, always like only a half day on Saturday? It's only yeah. open for like three or four hours on Saturday. Are you sure? I think it's a, no, no, uh, that's it's Friday a, night. Well, no, maybe you're. I don't. Know, I, I don't. I thought it would just be all day Saturday, Sunday. Anyway, don't take up time with that. Yeah. Nam- Namco published Breakout in Japan, and it was a big hit in both markets. Oh, that's cool. I would love to see yeah. the Namco version. 
Uh, nicely job. Thank you for the suggestion, Aaron, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Viewers, listeners, if you have your own suggestions for video game 20 questions, email them to me at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com. And that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Nick. Thank you to Kate working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. My name is David. And this is IGN Gamescoop. And we're out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.